Before we begin this episode, we have a little message from the future. Yes, we are speaking months months into the future at least uh, we have a, we have a few uh podcasts under our belt now we figured out all of the technical problems we realize and apologize uh this upcoming episode is not rough uh it just has a lot of technical issues we were figuring out mics we were figuring out how to do this from 500 miles apart mm-hmm. so uh i just want you to see uh this is now the audio quality <laughs> as opposed to what you're probably about to hear, which is uh, less than optimal, but still not still passable. Just you've yeah, got a really uh, bad radio connection, but it's like the channel is yeah. just about to change. And if I remember right. This is one where like aliens were trying to invade or oh, something. Oh, absolutely. And clicks and ticks. Yeah. And, the aliens know, most definitely invaded, but, but now you've got this buttery, soft and sultry voice and buttery, soft and sultry. So hopefully all of you lovelies will forgive us for our technical difficulties. Uh, Do you know, I actually hate backstage when (laughs) that that soprano is like walking around Uh, just doing uh, her thing and like nobody else matters. And you know the audience can hear her. uh, Right. Oh, totally. Like she's literally showing off for fun. Like... I'm like, just stop. Do you, um, do you mind? I mean, we're, the rest of us are like, actually trying to warm there up. There are 30 other people <laughs> and your white ass. <laughs> anyway. Oh my, yes. It's just. So. Uh, so. Okay. So do you know, so our show last week. Yes. Or the week before. Yes. Whenever the, whenever we did the show. Yes. I had no idea it was in congruence with that huge um like oh, documentary yeah i had no idea those so it was known. also just like mm. perfect timing it really you know i but see part of me like loves that you didn't know that but the other part of my brain is like nah he secretly planned that because like wouldn't that no, just be uh, the thing that was, this i think i think spring was just in the air it really was and it was uh, did, so. you got a chance to see the documentary yeah you did Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you know and that was when I realized I was completely wrong on John Gallagher. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, this is why am I stupid? But, You're not. <laughs> stop that. I mean, I let's know. be real. It's like it, I, I was really grateful for that documentary because it's just like, I mean, of course, it, I've watched it four times now and it's given me all the feels. And um, I've, I've decided that you, my love, are my Jonathan Groff. That's who you are. Aww. And I'm literally so happy about that. Cause like it just, well, oh. anyway, you know, I will get compared to Jonathan Groff any day. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So back to so, what we're needing to be I doing. Know, we made so many mess ups. We had so many things, but we had a really fun first show. We did. A lot of great response. And yes. some of y'all have even reached out and been like, when's the next episode? And I'm like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh, oh okay. my gosh. So I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to dive into this one because it's a different sort of format for us. So I don't know. Why don't we why don't we see how it goes? I'm Steven. And I'm Mary. And we're taking it from from the the top. top. From the top. A five, six, seven. We need to make this a video podcast just to watch me dance to that opening number. 
It really is nice. It's fun. It's so, I just, because I'm not even watching you. I just, I'm over here doing this thing and I can just see you just like shaking your face going, God, Mary, what are you? Oh, Mary. Oh, Mary. Yeah. Well, I'm watching you from 400 miles away. Yes, I know. We're actually, we're doing the thing remotely now. This is, this is from the comfort of your living room and our podcast studio and we still get to do the thing. I love it. I'm real excited about it. It's so actually, I'm, re- I'm actually, I'm really, really excited about this particular show today. It is probably one of my top 10 favorite musicals of all time. Yes. Which musical are we doing today, Stephen? Ooh, we are doing the one, the only, the bigger, the larger than life. Hairspray. Oh, yay, hairspray. What gives a girl power and punch? Is it charm? Is it boys? No, it's hairspray. What gets a gal asked out to lunch? Is it brains? Is it dough? No, it's hairspray. If you take a ride with no can in your side, then your flip will be gone with the wind. But if you spray it and lock it, you can take off in a rocket and then outer space each hairspray. Wow. Yeah, that's that was really bad. Sorry. Anyway, gone. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, I mean, there's no if we learn anything from our lovely heroine, Miss Tracy Turnblad, it is to don't don't stifle yourself. Yes. Do your thing. Speak your truth. Live your life out loud. It's there's no. There's no there's no time to live your life any other way other than truthful with yourself. 100%. I feel. And, uh, you know, this show I love because it starts one way and then it ends completely different than you thought it would be. Yeah. Like, the whole way the show is conceptualized from your beginning. So mm-hmm. you, you walk into it with this window of you're going to go on this girl's journey who just wants to dance on TV. Yeah. And in the end, you're dealing with something so much bigger than her. Oh, God, yeah. That, like, it almost transcends. Of course this was a musical. Yeah. And its and its origins are, like, radical. Yes. <laughs> I just, I'm always a huge fan of um, shows that um, have either radical beginnings or like or or have some sort of like it almost feels like a call to action a little bit like it's just really there's there's things about it that make you want to move and whether it's like making movements um you know obviously with this show you know we've got physical movements like you know obviously we've got a group of kids that are dancing on tv but um there's there's more more movement than that there's like social movements there's political movements like there's so many things that go on in the show that are kind of like undulating underneath this uh you know this group of dancing kids and it's just dare i I say you can't stop the beat (gasps) i think you can and you should dare to say that you can't stop the beats because that is a hundred percent true but you know (laughs) i mean you know steven i i feel as though in order to do this justice right we we have to start from from the beginning beginning. that will bring us back to What a beautiful place to start. I know. I was just like, I wasn't pleased with our prior one. And I was like, I think we need to pay homage to the lovely Miss Julie Andrews a little bit more. So there we are. Oh, she is one of my spirit animals. I love her. Uh, You know, like, no, I am not dissing anything on Betty White, (laughs) but I'm going to be more, I'm going to be more heartbroken 
when Julie Andrews goes. I know. I know. But, oh, oh, my heart. I just, mm-mm. I mean, Betty White was a beautiful human, but Julie Andrews is uh, just d- like. D- trust me, I, I love Betty White. But, I mean, but, let's be real. Like, I'm yeah. a Golden Girls, you know, ride or die, but, you know. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah, just Julie Andrews is just, there's such something about her that's just so. <sighs> Yeah, but um, so she's like she's like the world's mother. Oh, just, yeah, right. Know. Oh, yeah. That is an excellent way to describe her. Thank you, Stephen. I needed that in my world. That is just yeah. that's delightful. Well, where do we start, Boo? Okay, Let's so uh, the, the thing I think uh, maybe fifty percent of musical theater people out there would know <laughs> is that this was actually a this started as a horrendous cult classic, like horrible, horrible John Waters film uh, in, ni- in 1988. What? It's not great. Like, let's be honest here. Wait a minute. Really? Are you kidding me? This, the film? Uh, I, I, our, our resident, you know, music mute man is looking at me like, you didn't know that? I'm like, no, I didn't f-ing know that. Uh-oh. Sorry. There it was. Anyway. <laughs> Well, we were five minutes of clean, wholesome entertainment Actually, for all of you at home. It was eight minutes and thirty-eight seconds. So oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm, on, I'm the on one with the timer. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. That's fine. I didn't okay. Please tell me more. I tell me I didn't realize it was I didn't know that. I had no idea. Mary. Mary. Well, I, you I, didn't know that this was a 1988 cult classic film, Hairspray, that started with John Waters? No, I didn't. I'm a bad theater kid. I, this is, Why are you doing this with me? I don't even understand. <laughs> I don't even um, understand. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, great. Uh, Learn me so, something new actually, today. Actually, actually, you know what? This only proves my statistic. So yes. I'm the 50%. You're the 50%. Exactly. Great. So I'm happy to bring this to the forefront of people's knowledge. Yes, thank uh, you. So, And here's the only reason I actually know that this was a film. My siblings were are much, much older than me. Sure. 10 years and 15 years. So oh, wow. the 80s was like their time. Sure. Um, they loved all of the cult classics that you live and breathe of that era. Yes. And this particular one was one of them. That is just wild. Yeah, so it is, I, I again, it, it is not great. It is not good. However, the, what most people know is that it <laughs> starred uh, Divine, who you may have heard of as a very popular drag queen. Yes, I do yes. know Divine. Um, and that's where we get the Edna Turnblad uh, <gasps> is played by a man. Aha. Sort of origins. That makes sense. Yeah, um, so it was this iconic role originated by Divine um, from John Waters' original screenplay. That's amazing. And he was actually going to call this show White Lipstick. (gasps) Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and that's delightful. Yes. This also gave Ricky Lake her sort of debut stardom. Oh, sure, sure. She got to play the original Tracy. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> like when I think of, I was going to watch the film in prep for this podcast, I did not have time. That's fine. Because, you, you know, life. Weird. <laughs> but um, everything I remember about this film is it is 100% camp. <laughs> it, is like an, it, it is like an 80s take on what the 60s was. And I don't know if it was just too close in date and time for it to feel separated sure. when they filmed it. Sure. 
Um, it, cause it would essentially be like right now us making a film of something that happened in 2006. Ah, uh, okay. Mm, sure. For sure. So, so I mean like maybe you're too close to it, but, um, no, it is pure camp. It is pure awful, but yet it is so <laughs> bad that it's good. It's, it's so, so bad that it's good. Ah, um, and it's perf. worth, it is actually worth a watch at least once in your lifetime is what okay. I will say. All right. Um, but in in the vein of all John Waters films, it they're all a little a little odd, a little weird. Yes, um, this we know. But but it's it's good, it's good. So okay, uh, that, that would kind of be my origin story for this. John Waters made an original screenplay. Was going to call it White Lipstick. Eventually, they decided Hairspray. Did That's in 1988. so cool. And um, it it just sort of spurred what is you know, kind of a sensation. I, I yeah. will actually always give. So, and oh, of course I'm going to have to look this up now. Cause I lost her name. Da, da, da. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, I'm going to, I'll run into her name later and I'll try to drop it. But a, a female sure. producer of musical theater, um, randomly had rented the show. And I think it was in 1998. Oh, Okay. Um, at a at a blockbuster or you know your video rental center down the street, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> immediately just got hooked. And she said, "This needs to be musical." So wow. she got her team together and was like, "We're gonna we're gonna make this a thing." Um, oh, to that's which, so cool. Yeah, to which, if I remember correctly, I think it's Marissa Jared Winokur. It uh, debuted the original Tracy Turnblad. And so it's actually You funny. are correct. That is who that is. Perfect. And she had, uh, I believe, been there since the beginning, um, even in all the workshops and all the stuff. And they were vehemently trying to recast her, like, in all of this process. Like, oh. she was just like, I'm here for you whenever you need, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, she just won. And she she got it. <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, I love that. Our original, our original Broadway Tracy, when it went up in 2002, um, wouldn't have been Marissa. Like, and that's just wild to me to think that's that that crazy. may not have happened. <clears throat> um, uh. So, yeah, I think it, it took about four years for it to go from conception to reality. Sure. Um, and the thing I will always attest hairspray too and we have to also remember this period of time for us mm-hmm. so chicago had had its revival and i think it's still running as a revival to this day yeah i think so um broadway was kind of dying like 90s was a weird era mm-hmm. for broadway like there was rent there was some other maybe little moments of time that peaked sure. in Broadway's history, but otherwise people weren't flocking to Broadway to to New York to see Broadway. Right, like, it was kind of a dying art form. Right. No one was really. So we have to like give props where props is due. Yeah. Chicago Film came out in two thousand one or two thousand two, and musicals suddenly be swept the Oscars. Right. Yeah. And it suddenly had a forefront in people's minds again. And then we have shows like Hairspray on Broadway mm-hmm. and we have shows Wicked had just debuted and dropped as well. Oh yeah. That is the same time. Isn't it? Yeah. So like we have to sort of attest Hairspray along with a, another smattering few musicals to sort of being a rebirth of Broadway. Yeah. 
at the time and sort of a rejuvenation of just what does a musical have to be? What can it look like? Um, and just kind of bringing the fun back. Yeah. And that's kind of what was missing. Well, so, and what a great I, way to bring a rebirth back to Broadway with something like this that that. I mean, not only brings the fun back, but, you know, deals with, um, you know, kind of um, some really, I guess maybe not heavy. I mean, they, I guess you could consider them heavy themes, but like things that are just that are still things that unfortunately we we still kind of deal with the ramifications of those things to this day. And, at, oh, gosh, you know, yeah. in that time, it was just, you know, I mean, there were so many things that were that were happening in that era of time that like. It's it's refreshing to to kind of bring those other issues that may have you know kind of been you know forgotten about back into a light that's like you know through this medium of a musical like it's it's a great it's a great tool to to bring people back to um, to those values and those things that we kind of lost which is you know one hundred percent and like hairspray is so campy it will tell you to your face that you're stupid for thinking this way if you still think this way absolutely and it 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 has it has no no holds barred no that sort of thing but it's also so approachable yeah in in that aspect as well absolutely just to be like it's it's serving it to you on a platter that you can accept and eat (laughs) right fully (laughs) um actually i always think it's so funny that the way that this show is marketed um i love it because it's the you you walk into the show thinking you're you're about to see this this large girl which is already sort of an off shoot right right of of like your normal everyday primp prissy 1960s gorgeous barbie doll figure yeah and then you kind of get duped love it you get duped into this like wait this is all about race relations. This is all about the fight for equality. Exactly. You know, back then, and you you don't enter in, into it if you go in blind, knowing this is what you're going to go into. Exactly. You, yeah. So uh, it, <laughs> I can't imagine how many people walked into a theater <laughs> and sat down. I was like, I'm just going to see a cute 1960s dance fun musical, and then all of a sudden they're like slapped with all of these hard hard things we're still dealing with to this day <laughs> and they're like uh but i love it i love 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 it hey you twist and shout for your favorite star and once you practice every step that's in your repertoire you better come on down and meet the nicest kids in town oh nice white kids who like to lead the way and once a month we have our negro day and i'm the man who keeps it spinning around mr theater a little days and they're like wait a minute i was tricked i i thought i was coming in to see some you know big girl be accepted by her friends but like mm-mm, that's not mm-mm. that uh, that's yeah. not even i mean i guess obviously you know it is one of the one of the things like the on the theme of like acceptance and being you know like you've got tracy who is you know this kind of larger than life person who is looking to be accepted into something that obviously you don't really see big girls doing but more than that it's on a it, it is acceptance not just about body image but about you know um you know the differences in um in in uh the 
racial cultures, right? Because you've got these two different, which, you know, I, I will point out, but, you know, before we dive into this, that like, obviously, you know, Stephen and I are going to be coming from a very specific perspective, but we are going to try and not, um, I guess, uh, to use a really bad term, we're not going to try to whitewash this. Like, we're really going to try to analyze this show and look at it from right. a very, you know, a very broad and very general perspective. But I mean, do, you know, keeping in mind that we do only have um, a very specific frame of reference. So we are going to try very hard not to, um, you know, generalize or offend. Yeah. And I, I want to completely reiterate that. Um, I had, I happened to have a, an amazing conversation um, I had the privilege of, um, cause we're Montana when I was actually part of this production. Um, we, we don't have a lot of people of color. Yeah. And so we had to fly in our seaweed. Sure. Um, for this. However, I had been lucky enough to have worked with him the previous year in a fun, uh, lesser known show called Violet who where Sutton Foster actually got her, you know, uh, bearing, ah. um, but yeah, but um, so I had gotten to work with him previously, and then we flew him in to do this show. Sure. And I, I remember us having a lot of conversations just in our downtime um, surrounding all of this and, you know, what it means. So I actually got to sort of expand my viewpoints and be like, where are you coming at from this? And, you know, wh- why do why is it so automatic for me to think this way about things and da, da, da. So it was That's th- so this cool. show. Yeah, so this show is ultimately a great sort of eye-opening experience for me. Well, I in, love that. Also in the, within the content of the show, but not not only that, but then these side conversations I got to have because of the show. Sure. Well, that's an excellent, because oh, that's, I mean, well, that, I mean, kind of bleeds into, you know, our origins of that, because obviously, like, you, you know, you have, you know, intimate experience with the show because you've been in it and you were able to do it. And, um, you know, I've, I will say that I am, um, you know, as we said in the first episode of the show that we, um, were always going to talk about the staged version of the show first. And then if, um, we would move on to film versions of the show. Um, I have never yes. seen a staged version of this show. Mm-hmm. I have only ever seen the filmed Ooh. version of this show. Yes. So this will be a, baffling to me. I know Although it's not baffling to me because it's not able to be put on so much locally, yes. especially in Montana. Yes. So unless you are actively seeking out the Broadway tours of it or, yeah. or whatnot, or in, happen to be vacationing somewhere where it's playing, yeah. it's it, w- it would be hard. So That is a dream of mine to, to go to New York for at least a week and to go see, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, because I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been subjected to musicals and I've my entire life and I've there are certain musicals that I latch on to others that I've been a part of. And there are some that I've just never that I've never seen, but I've really wanted to. And I know that um, the thing that we, we Stephen and I were actually talking about before the mics turned on, um, we were talking about how, you know, film has the opportunity to be able to give you a lot of things that um, sometimes a staged version doesn't allow for. And so, you know, you kind of can have a warped sense of what the show can be if you're watching just the filmed version of it, because there are so many things right. that you can do that a stage won't allow for but um but so yeah so i'm coming in with a very uh, almost kind of i mean i'm the virgin i guess i would say to this show because i've sung the songs and i've seen it but i've never i don't know it as well so i'm going to be learning a lot of things today which i'm really excited so actually that's the perfect segue oh my gosh are we getting better at segues (gasps) yay i love segues (laughs) they're so great (laughs) okay but what is your experience with the show when did you first hear about it what do you what what do you you know 
what's what's the tea, girl? What's, what's the tea, what's girl? Up? Um, what's so up? What's, what's down? What's hot? What's grooving? <laughs> yes. Um, so my first experience with the show um, was actually um, when I was a. So what would that be? I'm trying. Hang on. I need to make sure that my dates are correct, so I'm not saying silly things. Um, I mean, yeah, right. I know. Preferably. You know, we now know we can survive a corrections. (gasps) We can. It's so true. So um, the film uh, premiered in 2007. So then I would have seen I would have come into this in um, my freshman year of college, which was 2008. So I um, my roommate at the time um, was, you know, I mean, she went to New York for two years and went to school and did all the things. But um, she started at Carroll. And so she um, she and I would spend a lot of our kind of off hours um, watching different things. And she was the one who uh, introduced me to hairspray. Um, so I, um, we had, we were, we had watched it, um, you know, I want to say it w- it had to have been in our dorm room, but, um, I instantly fell in love with John Travolta as being Edna Turnblad because like, um, <laughs> let's be real. Like he is just kind of incredible. Um, well, and apparently he was literal mother on set. I would totally believe that hundred percent. And would totally believe. fought so hard for Edna to be like curvaceous. And, yes. Like, not just not, not the, you know, divine gross sort of right. aesthetic blob. Right. That she, she was so well known for, which <laughs> is totally valid. But John Travolta was like, no, I want her to be like sexy. I want her to be oh, fun. And, that's so great. You know, I love it's that. It's not her fault. She's agoraphobic, but you know, exactly. that is what it is. Exactly. But yeah, so that's that's the introduction, my introduction to it. And then, of course, I you know did what every or half the theater kids I know do. Uh, we find the soundtrack and then we just listen to it on repeat for at least a month. Because then oh I my got, gosh, of course, I know, because, you know, I just I would rock that, you know, walking to class. And um, there were I mean, there were certain songs that literally just captured me. But we, of course, we'll talk about those as we get in through um, into the show a little deeper. Well, wait, I should probably say my oh, my experience with the show. You, you need to give your actual experience and not just say that you were in the show. I'm just jumping I, ahead I, of the game. I've had too much coffee. No, no, no. Go ahead. That's OK. I mean, I love a good <laughs> caffeine buzz. Um, I've always loved musical theater. Always like. From a from a wee youngin, from a wee uh, lad, but because I grew up on a farm in the middle of Montana, it's just not accessible. It's not something I can just have at my fingertips at all sure. times. And also, this is like in a in a day and time before YouTube was even like yes. well known to be like the spot to go to. Right. Um. So I remember specifically going on a some sort of school trip, and we went to the big city, Ooh. and. Uh, we got to go to the mall, and I went into a Sam Goody. Oh, and- <laughs> God. Shout out to Sam Goody. <laughs> right. And I I was just walking around looking for um, just something, just something new to listen to sure. on the, essentially the bus ride home. All I remember is seeing a bright blue wig. Yes. On the cover of this album. Yes. And I was like, what the hell is this? I love and then, it. Uh, lo and lo and behold, I meandered into the musical section. There it was. And Hairspray was just sitting there for me. And I went, what? What is this? Meanwhile, of course, like, I had already kind of known this 1988 film version because of sure. my siblings. Sure, And I was like, wait, they made this into a musical? Oh, uh, what? I immediately, like, I, I picked it up. And then right behind it, actually, was the Wicked soundtrack. <gasps> and I had only been hearing good things about it because Yay. it was still in its infancy. So I was like, well, I'll grab that, too. Oh, so, yay. So I, found, so I found Hairspray and Wicked 
same thing. I love da, da, it. Da, 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 da. Nice Listened work. to it on the way home. Immediately fell in love. Sure. And I, I could not. And then years later, uh, of course, that 2007 film, I saw that alone <gasps> 12 times in the theater. I, I love not, you so much. I, I could not get enough. If I had like in between classes or whatever, yay! I would just go watch hairspray. I'd be like, I, I cannot get enough of this. So yeah, and then I got finally got to play a dream role of Link Larkin. Ah, uh, um, yes. So yeah, it was it was just so fun. It was just so 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 fun. Steven, I have a lot of, have a lot of drama surrounding my particular oh. production. But we might get into some of that. You might have to spill more anyway. tea than me. <laughs> I I may, but anyway. So that's sort of my origin. Uh, with it too, That's I just, incredible. I, I just, I just very vividly remember seeing this blue wig, that bright blue wig that has that, ha, that has no reference to the show at all. Oh no, it was gr- caught my eye. So absolutely, good job, whoever exactly decided right. to make that blue, <laughs> <laughs> whoever decided the the marketing, the photos for that, just yeah, blue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is an eye catching color for sure, and it's delightful. Oh, So we've dropped a couple of names, um, you know, in the um, kind of in naturally in us talking about it. Yes. Um, so um, I now would you how do you want to do this? Because now I'm going to ask you this question because I have this beautiful little list of like all the all of our Ooh. cast of characters that has like a description Ooh. of who they are. Go for it. Go for it? it. Okay, great. So, well, we've already said um, Link Larkin, so I'm just going to jump in with Link first, even though, you know, he's not, like, at the beginning of our thing. So, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but Link Larkin is a teenage heartthrob, uh, aspiring young Elvis and male lead dancer on the Corny Collins show, falls in love with Tracy. Amber is so jealous. He's a council member. He performs in seven-plus numbers, including It Takes Two. Um, he is a crooning baritone. Uh, the stage age typically should be age 16 to 21. Is what it says. Um, but that is who Link is. So if you, you know, I think, you know, of course, obviously, uh, the only reference I have is the film version, Zac Efron. Got this giant, beautiful pompadour that he's rocking the whole time. And just like, uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I can see, oh, God, I can see you as Link Larkin just in a minute. Oh, God, that makes me so happy. <laughs> um, so good. Um, but uh, then, um, of course, Tracy Turnblad. So I'm um, Tracy, uh, a pleasantly plump teenager. I'm sorry. I, I. That description just kills me. Um, but uh, with a big heart who has dreams of being a dancing star, as soon as she's out of detention for her big hair, Tracy isn't afraid to be herself and stand up for what she believes in. She must be friendly, relentless, and good-hearted with a vibrant, lovable personality and love to sing and dance. Um, and she's on stage a lot, has all the things. I'm just going to skip all the songs that they do because we don't need that. That's okay. Um, so Edna Turnblad is Tracy's mother. Um, Tracy's kind plus size mother runs a laundry business out of her home, but hasn't been out in a while. As Steven mentioned that she's agoraphobic. Um, played by Harvey Firestein on Broadway and yeah, John yeah, Travolta yeah. in the not movie. Not to be confused with the one who who's bad. No, correct. Yes. Har- not not Harvey Weinstein. No. Harvey Firestein. Harvey Firestein. <laughs> uh, this role may be played by a strong comic male. Edna is not a man pretending to be a woman. She is all woman. So that is an important distinction. She's not pretending to be a woman. She is one. All um, woman. Yes. All, all woman all the time. 
Uh, and then Wilbur Turnblad is Tracy's uh, goofy father who owns the Hardy Har Hut joke shop and is still madly in love with his wife, Edna. Uh, he encourages Tracy to follow her dreams. Uh, Corny Collins, the exciting, confident dancing and singing host of his own dance TV show, uh, think American Bandstand at its inception. Corny is in favor of Tracy and racial integration. So he is um, the one who is trying to get... Um, and so before I start doing this, we are going to be saying things that come from the show, things like Negro Day. So I'm ju- I'm just using the terminology yep, that yep. is in the show. Um, okay. It is not good. It, it is not good. Not good. No. Um, so Penny uh, Penny Pingleton, uh, Tracy's slightly dorky but lovable best friend, who is often by her side when not grounded for life by her mother Prudy, uh, falls head over heels for seaweed. Um, and uh, to performs in these numbers. Um, and then, ooh, Amber Von Tussle. Mm, gosh, she's, uh, she's delightful. I, I'm sure that's the first time anyone's called Amber Von Tussle delightful. Yes, you're right. But it's only because <laughs> I, um, you know, again, I have film versions in my brain, which is just, it's just going to muddy this whole thing. Uh, but Amber Von Tussle is a bratty, selfish resident princess of the Corny Collins show. Her mother's daughter through and through, she is willing to do anything to win Miss Teenage Hairspray. Uh, Velma Von Tussle, Amber's slim and attractive but overbearing mother who pushes her daughter to seek stardom. Uh, Velma is the scheming producer of the Corny Collins show who ties or who tries to steer it in the white quote direction. Ugh. Her sensitivities are often offended at the very sight of Tracy. A great villainous role. Uh, Seaweed J. Stubbs, Motormouth Maybell's son and a talented dancer on the Corny Collins show but only allowed on Negro Day. Uh, ends up in detention with Tracy and falls in love with Penny. Uh, Motormouth, Miss Motormouth Maybell, uh, the sassy Corny Collins Negro Day DJ, owner of a record store and a mother to seaweed and little Inez. Plus size, she helps Edna find pride in herself. And little Inez is seaweed's uh, little sister and just as talented a dancer. Tries to audition for the Corny Collins show, but is turned away because she is uh, because she is black. Uh, then it looks like they're um, so those are kind of like your major players those, those um, are the major ones yeah. yeah where by the way where are you referencing all this um, so I am referencing this on uh, a website called uh, criterion.org it's a um, a PDF that uh, I assume was probably given out to um, the teen musical theater of Oregon so they were doing I'm Perfect. assuming the show and um, this was the character breakdown for Hairspray so then wh- what is what is the what is the plot? What is the synopsis of this show? What, like, if you had to describe this show to someone, how are you going to sell it to them? So what's interesting about this is um, I uh, come at this from a, again, a very specific lens, right? Because I am a plus size woman. So I'm looking at this through a lens of I am always like, of course, when I first watched it, I was very much like on Tracy's team. Like, yes, you need to be included because you're just as good. Um, So but now that, you know, it's I 14 years from when I first saw it and having watched it multiple times and had different conversations with people. Um, the way that I would describe this show is um, you have a, a girl who is made to feel like an outcast who finds a group of like-minded people that all just want to celebrate um, their celebrate life through the medium of movement. And so in order to do that, they break all the rules. They kind of challenge people's... Um, viewpoints on you know life and politics and all and and uh, racial equality and all those things and in the end they end up um being able to break down that wall 
and uh, they get to do what they love to do together, which is dance. I love that. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a amazingly concise, perfect vantage point, actually. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. show fully this is right in my wheelhouse of like the type of musical theater that 100%. i love it, it is it is feel good musical but it's it, it, it does it has a great moral so yeah. you, what, what more can you ask but yeah when you talk about the plot of the show it's again kind of hard because it is an ensemble cast but there is definitely a true storyline here. oh yes absolutely so yeah so yeah tracy turnblad uh baltimore 1960s uh there is a show called The Corny Collins Show, and she wants to be a part of it so bad. It is part of her life every day. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her best friend, Penny, uh, rush home after school every day to ensure to watch it. Well, one day after school, it gets announced that they're going to be looking for a replacement. So Tracy goes on this adventure of trying to get on this show. Yeah. Runs into, runs into all of her, you know, hurdles that she needs to, including the Von Tussle women, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, just sort of stigmas about around being a plus size girl. Yeah. Um, plus, she's trying to be a fashion icon and like she's doing her hair up as high yes. as she can and is, you know, doing all the, the all the right things. But just she can't help how she looks. Yeah. And therefore, she is judged based on that. Yeah. There, ergo, we're seeing it cross over into any people of color that are going through those same things yeah. and therefore Tracy finds solace in people like seaweed when she gets sent to detention <laughs> to, to and they, they have immediate connections and so um, meanwhile Tracy has a huge crush on Link Larkin who is currently tied up with Amber Von Tussle yes. um, and so he's, he's trying to be the next Elvis and he's uh, uh, going through his own his own sort of trying to be a star yeah uh but yeah all tracy wants to do is dance and uh eventually tracy's eyes get opened to you know the sort of um oh what, what would you call them travesties uh uh the injustice just around yeah. the injustice yeah that is happening around her that maybe she wasn't aware of because she's coming at it from you know her white lens mm-hmm. and she's like well wait why can't we all just be on tv yep. and all the all they can really tell her is that's just not the way it is yep and it, it it's just so interesting because like no why can't we exactly and, yeah so uh, they go on this journey then. Tracy shifts gears and says, I'd rather not dance on TV if I can't dance with my friends. Yes. People, people that I want to dance with. Oh, and so let's good. integrate. Let's integrate it all. So she she starts on this with Motormouth Mabel, Little mm-hmm. Inez, Seaweed, and a whole cast of characters. Um, and they, they do. They ultimately, she sneaks her way into uh, <laughs> big old Miss Teenage Hairspray pageant yes. that Corny hosts every year that Amber is dead set on winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
it all it all goes down. But uh, yeah, I. It's just uh, this show is so fun. Right. I just it's just so fun. Well, and I think the I I really am I have been drawn to it for for so long because it's just. You know, the thing that you said that it is a show of spectacle, but like more than that, I love seeing such a young person become such an activist for things that she believes in. Like, it's just it's so it's so refreshing to me because it's like because she's because she's a female lead, a strong female lead that Mm -hmm. that sees something wrong. And it's like, but this is stupid. Like, like, why can't we do this? And everyone's trying to silence her. And she's like, nah, I won't be silenced. Try me again. Yeah, and this sort of kicks, not kickstarts, but it, it uh, starts sort of this era of musical theater in a way of, like, strong, empowered women. Yes. As opposed to that, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein, like, oh, I'm I'm but something to be traded for four bags of corn. Like, <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> you, you, you like that? Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> my dowry is four bags of corn. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. <laughs> Love it. Oh, oh Mary, you're worth, you're worth at least five. Oh, thank you. I promise. Oh, I promise you. And I'll throw in the cow. <gasps> oh, my God. And a cow. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, what did I do to deserve such kindness, good sir? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I think this show uh, not started it because, of course, there are shows that have very empowered women yeah, as of leading course. characters. Oh, yeah. But I think this really started maybe opening the eyes of it doesn't always have to be the guy. No. Yeah. And the fact that Link, like, really, I mean, I just, I would, I'm really excited to kind of hear from you because you do have that specific, um, this specific view from, uh, uh, as Link, like, being able to see, you know, Link, at least from my viewpoint, watching the show, like, he, um, it's, it appears as though he kind of struggles with this idea of, like, wanting to follow his career and his passions and not wanting to sacrifice anything for that, but also realizing that there are things that are wrong that need to be corrected and that he wants to follow his heart and be with Tracy and do and do those things. And so I'm just I'm really excited to hear your viewpoint on that. And like if that's yeah. actually true. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, and because so. How do I want to phrase this? So Tracy is going on her journey and she is just automatic to buy in to yeah. like this change that is necessary, you know, for equality. Yeah. And, you know, what what should be, you know, like right. what should be normal. Um, but I think Link is that where where maybe the Von Tussles are so dead set in their ways that they don't see the need for change. Yeah. Link sees things around him and he is expected to do certain things and have certain um, have certain things happen for him just because of who he is Um, so it's scary for him thinking that just because if I say the wrong thing or if I think this way I might get flack and my dreams may not come true so that's sort of his journey in that and so you're 100% correct. There's one particular monologue that I remember feeling like, oh, this is maybe the meatiest portion of what Link is going to be able to put forth in this show. Ooh. <clears throat> and it's like four lines just in the middle. They are at Motormouth Mabel's uh, record shop. Mm-hmm. 
and he is proclaiming to Tracy after Tracy has said like, hey, no, let's, you know, let's rally. Let's get a protest together, you know, for Mother Daughter Day at Corny Collins or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he has to pull her aside and be like, I, I don't think I can be a part of this. And he has to have this sort of real moment with her where everything else has just been sort of campy and fun and insert line here for the but right sort of thing right and this is the one time he's like no Tracy I I don't think you get it like I I like all of these people and I find it like he says these people yep yep <laughs> so it's like they are separate they are yeah. different I am not one of them yeah so he's still having this like internal struggle but, but he has his own wants and needs and that's the issue and I think we as a society link is kind of that mirror yeah it is so many it is where so many people get a hang up it is where so many people say well why did they get the leg up well why do they need a special law oh why do they need because they can't see the forest from the trees absolutely in, in a certain way and until link comes to that realization of we're all human. We're all on this earth just like trying to do our best and try to get make all our dreams come true. So That's something amazing. so small and so regular like this, what is the point? Like yeah. and therefore he then jumps on Tracy's bandwagon of if I can't dance on TV with my friends, with people I want to, then I don't want it at all. And that's where he Eventually has to go to. I was a selfish fool who never understood. I never looked inside myself. Though on the outside, I looked good. Then we met and you made me the man I am today. Tracy, I'm in love with you. No matter what you wake. Cause without love, life is like the seasons with no summer. Without love. Life is rock and roll without a drummer Tracy, I'll be yours forever Cause I never wanna be without love Tracy never set me free Yeah, so my thing is I've always said I love Link's story arc in this show Where he starts off in the Amber Von Tussle and Velma sort of camp But then he gets to slowly transform sure oh that's so cool thank you for sharing that with me that was just yeah. that's delightful but yeah I d- no it, it it's just so it's just so silly to me and like i said i had some really great conversations with with my seaweed and because me as a as a white montana boy <laughs> I, I, I really was I, I was probably feeling or unaware of some of the things that just happen daily yeah just being afraid to walk out your front door, the the flack and the the retribution that some people just have in their heart, yeah, for no reason. And I now, as a gay man, understand some of it just in the fact, like I will have a random beer can thrown at my head if I'm walking down the sidewalk from a souped up, jacked up truck, oh, you know, God. with the F word screamed at me, you know. But like, to to compare the journeys are completely wrong, right? Um, you know. But same in the fact that I can understand where illegitimate hate can be spawned. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It, so, wow. so yeah, that's, that, that's the one thing. That's the one thing I will say. So, like, 
you know, I, I will, as a gay man, I will never try to compare my issues to, to something so much bigger of literal centuries right. of, of hurt and pain. Um, but I, you know, if, if, but if, but I can squeak open that door and just say, I have, I, I have empathy in this, yeah. and this little sliver is enough for me to say, no, this is, this is so stupid. Just yeah. open your heart, people open your minds, open your hearts. It's not that big of a thing. And it, and it shouldn't be. No. And that's, that's what I'm appreciating so much about like the, so the two, you know, of course we're only three episodes into the show, but like between the two shows that we, that we're talking about, we're finding things that are, that are so applicable to different audiences. And that's the beauty of theater and coming back to why I'm really happy that we're doing this show together is like, we not only do we get to talk about like our favorite shows and we get to talk about or the shows that we hate or the shows that we don't know or the, you know, whatever, but like we're getting down to the core ideas of, of why theater exists. And this show specifically, I think is so great because there are so many different audiences that can watch it that will glean something different from it. But a lot of the themes are still very much applicable today as they were, you know, you know, in the time period that the show is set, the time period that the show came out. Like there's just there are universal things that will never not be discussed. And like that's what's that's what's so empowering about theater as a medium. But then for this show in particular, because like you've got. You know, these things were like, um, you know, Tracy, at least from my perspective, watching Tracy, you know, charging headfirst into all these things like that's a that's a bravery I've never known in my life. Like I've never been the first person to be, you know, at the head of the charge, like wanting to, you know, really institute changes like that because I'm afraid I'm afraid of what will happen to me if I speak my voice right but Tracy doesn't appear to be afraid and then just as you talked about like Link you know he has that moment where he's like I don't know if this is something that I can do and you see these vulnerable moments these human things that are happening with this group of people and like it's just it, oh, it's, it's such a beautiful melting pot to be able to see all of this stuff kind of come together and speak different truths to different groups it's very cool. Totally. Let's talk about the music in the show. What, yeah. Uh, what songs are your favorites? Oh boy. Um. So I one of my first ones that I instantly think of is "I Can Hear the Bells" because I just. It's, Mary, why must you do this every time? Did I steal I your hate, thunder? Oh no, I hate this song. Oh, so bad. Oh no. Okay, well, can I tell you why I like it? And then, and sure. then, okay, great, excellent, great. I'll tell you why I like it, and then you can tell me why you hate it. Um, it's okay. But, <laughs> I love you. Um, so let me, well, okay, I'm going to actively pull up the uh, hairspray. Here we go. Um, so, but I, I really, I enjoy I Can Hear the Bells because it just... You know, again, speaking from the the perspective of a plus size girl who didn't really have a lot of like love interests growing up and, you know, didn't really wasn't exposed to any of that. Watching her sing this ballad about this this boy that she has a crush on is just just speaks to my heart in so many different ways because it's just it's beautiful <laughs> and it's but you know it's the, her stepping through you know the vision of what her life could be with this boy that doesn't really even know that she exists and like what girl hasn't planned out their entire life with somebody that doesn't know that they're there I mean really like it's <laughs> it's a thing so like I I'm in love with that song it just um 
I mean, and also from a like a from a vocal perspective, like I it's a great um, I use it a lot when I'm in um, voice lessons if I if I haven't um, really challenged myself in a minute. So I'll do I can hear the bells because not only is it um, vocally challenging for my range, but it's also a vocal challenge um, for pacing and for timing, because um, apparently I can't count to four. As Steven knows from me not being able to hit counts in the last show we talked about, it's fine. Um, but uh, so that so that's that's one of my favorite songs. And then um, I would say uh, probably the other one that's um, really like one of the ones that kind of grabs me is um, I really enjoy "Run and Tell That." I j- oh so man, good. just uh, the 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 fire that better, of that it is better than like sex on a plate of melted butter like, yes it's so good. It's oh so good. snaps oh steven Mm-mm-mm. it is literally like yeah it's like it, it is like butter it's just like it's like eating the most decadent the most decadent cake in the world and just like feeling just good it just ugh, makes you feel good now run and tell that Those are my two. Those are my two contenders. My two top faves. And so, g- tell me your faves, and then we'll talk about why you don't like. Then I can we'll hear ta- the bells. Then we'll talk about some other <laughs> stuff. Okay, fine. Fine. I, I mean, I just um, yeah, it's fine. So, here's my thing. I here here's the thing. Call, call me simple. Call me plain. I will not call do me either of of the people. I adore Good Morning Baltimore so yes. much. Yes, because it's a great beginning. Yeah, and I think at some point in time, if, if I could, I might need to be corrected. I think it was called the best opening number of any Broadway show ever. I, I mean, I don't even know if that's true, but I'd hundred percent agree with you. I'd agree with you. And on I, that. I, I'd, I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Mark that down for show notes. Somebody mark. Uh, somebody mark somebody it down. Somebody mark it down, and I'm not going to mark it down, but that's okay. Hey, look, I'll mark um, it down. I got notes going. <laughs> Let's go. Here perfect. we go. Great. Let's do it. Um, and I'll be your scribe. Lit- and literally, uh, you can't stop the beat. I, I cannot tell you the the amount of times it was played on that aforementioned CD. It should have like literally eaten through that CD. Yes. It, it, it should have. It should have just. Uh, it, it's so good, so fun. Um, I've gotten to do little random dance things with it. Um, if I, everyone was getting the rent no day but today tattoo, I would get a "You Can't Stop the Beat" somewhere yes. on my body. Yes. Yeah, because that's that's how much I love it. I love that. Beautiful. Um, I'm trying to think the though other one that really does stick out in my mind is just pure camp and fun and was not in the film because uh-huh. they cut it. We can talk about the film and its different differences maybe in a little bit, but the was Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now. Yeah! Um, it, 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 I think it specifically expresses not the uh, equality side of the story, but absolutely Tracy's side of the story. Yeah. And I like the fact that they wrapped in 
Amber Von Tussle and Penny. Yeah. So these three girls in all completely different walks of life, but they're all going through the same thing. So not only is it showing like you can be the same but different and going through mm-hmm. you know, some sort of turmoil and someone not understanding you, yeah. but then that that can then equate to later of like, no, we're all the same. Can we all just get along? Absolutely. Sort of thing. Yeah. So I love that. And then uh, shout out Asterix star as a bonus. I do love (laughs) without love. I do love without love completely. (sighs) It's a a really fun moment for the four four people Uh, just to be able to perform on stage. It's so so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I love that. And I, you know what? I... As a random note that I'm just going to say, I love doing this show with you because time seems to be just, time seems to escape. Do you want to know that we've already been talking for an hour? Woot woot. <laughs> I just think that that's great. So anyway. Um, that is great. Um, so then, I guess really quickly then, weak points, great yes. points of the show. Yes. Um, so, oh lord. Um, again, I'm speaking from a, from a film perspective. So, um... I mean, I I guess I, I get um, only because I'm in love with Allison Janney. I think she's delightful. Like, I love I love that she plays, um, you know, Penny's mom. But like that, I think that kind of like side story arc that we know that, you know, Penny's mom is like super, you know, religious and very strict. I didn't really, I don't really, I don't need that. Like, that's something that I could go without. But again, I don't know how much of a role it plays in the stage version versus the film. Because, you know, I don't know if Penny's oh. mom has, like... Yeah, it, it does. It does? It, oh, okay. It is, All right. It's pretty much there. They got to really play with it. And because it's Alice and Janney, they definitely gave her some screen time. Well, of course but, they did, because it's Alice and Janney. Um, no, it definitely, in the stage version, they, they make it to a point where, like... <laughs> She is. She does get tied down. <laughs> like she does get locked in her room. Right. Um, she has all of these side little quips about she gets to be the every man's voice of opposition. Sure. M- maybe even more so than the Von Tussles are. Um, so it. Uh, yeah. She's she's fun that way. Um, yeah. So you would call her a great point. Yeah. I mean, I in would. The film. Yeah. I would. I would say that. That's. I mean. That's that's kind of a weak point for me, and then, um, I mean, uh, but th- it, this is kind of hard for me because everything else, like thinking about the the kind of like that your micro characters or like your your side kind of um, stories that happen, like they all kind of seem to feed back to the to your main plot line. So like you know the whole yeah. the entire scene with um, Edna going into the dress shop and um, and uh, having kind of that beautiful moment where they you know she f- gets you know herself gets a little bit of her confidence back and then runs to the Von Tussles and they just you know kind of like dash that immediately like that you know that's uh, that feeds into that main storyline and then um you know mm-hmm. the motormouth maybell in the in the record shop moment where they're all planning the protests like there are all these micro moments that like even though the film i don't think it probably doesn't do it justice because it only gives it to us in like a micro pocket of time like those are things that i kind of forget about because i'm you're so focused on tracy right that you forget yeah. that these other things kind of feed into that so for me this is it's kind of hard to give weak points because you know i, I feel like everything feeds into that main line yeah and i would here's my thing my weak points have to be like scattered yeah so i'm gonna say like my great points are gonna be pretty much overall just 
the the camp and stylization of the stage show yeah. were done really really well. Um, it it reads really really well, and when they took it into the 2007 film, um, I think they did it beautifully. Okay, oh, and this since this is the first sort of musical to film that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to bring up right now. Challenge yourself always to look at a stage version of a show in a completely different way. Put up however thick of a wall you need between that and the other medium of film. Sure. And and look at it from that lens. Look at it from, was this a solid film despite me knowing literally every line in the stage show? <laughs> look at it and look at it completely separately. And do, do, does a stage version hold up on its own? Does the film version hold up on its own? So, like, a lot of people's weak points for the film version from the stage version, like I said, they cut um, Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now and uh, a song called The Big Dollhouse um, from the stage, that's in the stage version, they did not add it into oh, sure. the film. Sure. And to me, Big Dollhouse is always really weird. So I can completely see why <laughs> they cut it from the film because it doesn't progress the story. Sure. It's just sort of an act two opener button. Sure. And it doesn't it doesn't need there's no need need um, weak points with the show again because we talked about it a little bit last time that meet that this this the stage version of this show literally is the script in between is simply a vehicle to get from song to song. Sure. It there is there is so little to be delved into and devoured. I I just the, I I remember getting the script and being so excited, and then I read the script and went, "Oh, this is it." <laughs> uh, so, oh, like, boy. if I'm gonna if if I'm gonna like, I love this show, y'all. Like, yeah, love this show. Yes. Your script sucks. Sorry. <laughs> Your script like, sucks. The, the, there are uh, moments of, that are that are heart that are good, and given the correct actors and directors, like of course, like we've seen great. I've I've seen <laughs> great productions of this. Sure, but um, that's why Broadway yeah, HD hard. is a thing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just it's just hard. And yeah, oh, we need to talk about Hairspray Live a little bit. That it was it that one was dogged on so much, but because it was actually more true to the stage version. Oh, sure. So uh, there's a lot of differentiation. There's a whole scene about like dodgeball that gets cut where Amber like knocks Tracy out with a dodgeball. Right, sure. Um, And you get a little like snippet of that in the 2007 film. Yes, a little bit. I I believe in the middle of I Can Hear the Bells. Yes, you are correct. You see see her like fall down on the the gym. So that's a, it's a nod to the past. But the stage version very much goes a lot more into the 1988 film um, and storyline. And then the 2007 film took its own liberties. And let's talk about how at the end of Miss Teenage Hairspray in the film, uh, little Inez gets mm-hmm. crowned Miss Teenage Hairspray. Therefore, Corny gets his way and television gets integrated yes. automatically. But in the stage version, Tracy still gets it. Oh, does she really? Yep, yep. Oh, um, good to and know. And I think, and I thought that was a phenomenal change for the film. That's awesome. Because it, it, it almost like, I think 
if that would have been done on stage, it, we, it would have been just as good of a payoff. Yeah. Um, they t- they almost took the easy way out of giving it to her, but I yeah. think, and now, now I'm forgetting, I think her first uh, thing done as Miss Teenage Hairspray was announced that TV would forever be integrated. That's or, so I, cool. Or, or Corny comes in or, and says something that, oh, look, we already did it now. Guess we're not going to go back yep. I, or something like that. Sure. So, um, but yeah, that those 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 would be weak points. Also great points, but yeah. kind of the differentiation between the film and the thing. Both are phenomenal. In the future, there's a struggle we have yet to There's pride in my heart Cause I know where I'm going Yes I do And I know where I've been There's a road There's a road Oh, fun, stupid little story Yay. My, I, I did get to see the Broadway tour of this show Oh, jealous I, I randomly heard that it was coming into town when I was in college, and I was like, oh, I bet you it's sold out. Literally, when I checked, one ticket was <gasps> and it was a, And it was a really great seat, and it only cost me like 45 bucks. What? And uh. I, I immediately bought it, and I said, I, I, I remember holding it, and I had like 15 minutes for it to be reserved. I called my mom, and I was like, mom. <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom. I am a poor college student. My birthday's next month. <laughs> if you want to get me my birthday present a month early, please do. Yay. And she's like, okay, here's my credit card, da da da. So it was really <gasps> cute. And I got to see the Broadway stage version of this Yay. show. And it's still weird. It, I will still say it was a spectacle in my mind because I was getting to see all of these numbers and dancers and things oh. that I had only ever seen in my head. But it was perfect. It was awesome. It was so good. And, um, but I, I do, I remember thinking like, oh, this script is bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this script is bad. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that, that's just kind of a fun little extra. Oh, thing. Steven, that just anyway. warms my heart. That just makes my heart happy. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fun. we're going to go quickly through these because we have to, we have to do this with every show. And I told you we would speed through. Yay. Does this show pass these tests? considering women uh yes i think so i think that it's um absolutely i mean um, your main cast of characters honestly i mean i i there are three there are three men three men yeah the rest four men technically the rest are women and i think that it's it absolutely it um it's well represented i think for both um the white and the black community i think that it's um, you know, you've got your lead leading the charge, who is a strong female representative, and I, I think I absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, I think so. And I, they, it's campy enough that it's like we understand that we're in the '60s and women were not necessarily equal. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> you're right. But but the thing is, there are so many strong women in the show that I I barely notice it, but. I think it's just sort of an overtone and again, sort of that time capsule situation yeah. of like, it just is what it is, what it was, but we forgive a lot of it because there is so many strong women in the show. Yeah. Agreed. And then 
race. Does the show represent race well? Uh, I would also agree to that point because um, with so. the with the um, show being set in a specific time period, I think um, as unfortunate as it is, it does stay, I think, true to what was happening at the time. And um, I don't think that it was necessarily um, overgeneralized. I think that it was, um, again, speaking through a very specific lens, I think that um, it, it was an accurate representation of the time. Yeah. Um, and I will actually give a shout out to because I can't say I didn't look it up who wrote the libretto or the book for the musical. Mm-hmm. And if it was written through, uh, you know, not if someone white wrote this from the vantage of a person of color, or at least they didn't seek out that other vantage, that's a faux pas yes. to my mind. Yes. And I will actually give credit to the everyone hated it. Hairspray live <laughs> version they updated a lot of the vernacular. They added stuff and took away stuff from the script really? that actually made it more relevant. And I, uh, I, I, I will 100% give them props for that. That's so cool. So, um, but as far as like getting a story, a palatable story for the masses, I think this show does do that well. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is tongue in cheek. I think a lot of it is cliche, but at least it's a story that that gets to be told and maybe can shift a perspective or opinion. Agreed. Representation, queer, queer community, gay, lesbian. Huh. Um, in my mind, I don't actually remember that being. No, actually, I was going to say this takes a complete backseat. I don't think there is one queer reference in it. The I don't think time. so. Mm-mm. So if, again, as we've gone through all of the tests, I'd, I think that would be the one that would need to change. And can it be changed? Do you think that there would be something to offset that? Maybe one of the corny Collins dancers has a little side thing. Or, you know, as far as main characters, though, there's really nothing that you can do. Mm Mm-mm. And I think but that, then that's but then that's throwing too much into like one pot. Too. Exactly. Like that would be the, the kind of the sub question of that is, you know, obviously it would, you know, does it change um, the the core of the show if you f- shift focus from the, you know, kind of the racial equality to, um, you know, well, not maybe shift focus. That's the wrong term. But I mean adding in another storyline that focuses on that, especially in the 1960s where that wasn't something that was talked about. Right. So like, does that add to the show? Does it detract from the show? Like that would be, I mean, Ooh, but we're forgetting the origin divine. Yes. True. Very true. we're We're talking. So like maybe there's this little hint of element of gender bend that is permeating. You know, which absolutely is what Edna Turnblad is. I mean, like, as we read in the description, Edna is not a man pretending to be a woman. She is woman all the way, but she is typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. So I'll give it that. I'll give it that little little bit of point. But as far as a a topic being brought up. No, no. But I will acquiesce a little bit bit of that. Thanks to Edna Turnblad. Yeah. Ooh. I'm also going to get hate for this. Uh I hate timeless to me. Hate. Really? It needs to be cut. It needs to be completely cut from all existence. Where's they did? Where's where's our sound? Where's our sound? (gasps) How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) 
because you said you were going to get hate for it, and so I wanted to play it because we hadn't done it in this oh, episode, and so I wanted it's to. It's true. It's, it's very true. Yes. I yeah. No, I do not. I do not see its relevance. I think it was a number that was given because Harvey Firestein was part of the show, and I think unless sure. it was something for like a costume change or the leads needed a break, I do not see its need. I do not need to see that these two married people love each other. I forgot to bring that up in weak points and I stand by it and I completely dig my heels in. Well, and I, I mean, I would say that I agree with you because like, I mean, uh, to, I think the, the reason I can see why it's there. Cause like, we've just come off, you know, like the, the whole idea that like, you know, Edna walked in and saw, you know, again, film version, we saw her husband being, you know, hit on by, um, you know, uh, Mom, Mom Von Tussle. And, you know, so you've got this idea where she's like, she's very self-conscious and like, here's all the things. And so dad's trying to like kind of win her back and be like, no, I'm like, I promise like this isn't. But like, yeah, it's it's definitely um, I can see it being a need for people to have a break and to do changes. So it's for filler. It's but true. it's You can't. Yeah, that's true. But you, you do need those breath moments. But. You you need the breath moment, but like it w- if it were something where you had to a- you had to have something on the chopping block, I would totally say that that is something that could be sacrificed. And I don't sure. think it would change. It wouldn't change the core elements of the show. I don't think it would change the um, the theme or the vision of the show. Um, yeah. I think it's definitely it's good fat, but it's definitely something that could be trimmed. Perfect. Does this story hold up without the music? Now again, we're having previous reference material yes albeit a cult classic really awful (laughs) so does the story hold up um i mean i say absolutely because i think that um you know like what we've talked about is the the music itself is something that there are i mean there is a story that is um that kind of evolves um by the vehicle of the song but um i don't i don't think that the show is reliant on it at all i think that it it would change the tone of the show if you didn't have these beautiful big numbers that you know like um that have like you know the corny collins show would be very different if you didn't have you know like that element in it but um i don't think the show would fall down if it didn't have it true true um yeah i concur i I think the music adds some of that fun. Like I was saying, like this this type of musical is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, but I think the the story itself is important enough. I don't know whether it would even be at the forefront of people's minds. I think it would would just be another John Waters classic cult film that sort of got buried over time. Sure. But having having this musical, I think. Uh, is going to keep it around which segues into this uh 50 years from now will it still be being staged yes to your mind? absolutely 100 percent. if anything just for the fun of it just for the time capsuleness of it the yeah. same way we put on oklahoma yes absolutely yeah. um could this show change era time decade like would a modern version of this like 2020 version of this be valid yes Absolutely, yes. I, th- I think with the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, it would be actually way interesting. Yes, absolutely. To up- update it and see what could be done. I, I think that would be really interesting. So, it'd be yeah, a great I, canvas I, to yeah tell the same, not the same story, but but um, supporting similar themes in uh, yeah using a different using a different story. I think it would be great. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, what would you change in this show? 
What would I change in the show? Um, We don't have a circle jerk to talk about this time. I know. (laughs) Damn it. That's fine. Um, (laughs) Because that's all I want to talk about. Uh, Oh, boy. Um, I... What would I change in this show? Uh, So, I'll go. Yeah, please do. I want... I want more Penny Pingleton. Uh, yes. Agreed. 100% agreed. Absolutely. I need more of her. I, you know, she's not necessarily necessary other than being a support for Penny or Penny for Tracy. Yes. But she's funny. She's funny as hell. She's so funny. Comedic relief and, um, so good. I, um... There is one portion in um, the stage version that isn't in the film, but it is in the 1988 film. Sure. Uh, Corny hosts a hop. And, oh, essentially he does, he, oh, he does do this in the film, but it's where Zac Efron gets to sing Lady's Choice, which was an original song written for the musical, but was not put in it. It was essentially cut. Oh. Okay. So they got to revamp it and revive it and um, for the film. But there's a little sock hop that Corny hosts and they end up doing the Madison. uh, This entire like 10 minutes of this scene. (laughs) And uh, it's in the 88 film version and it's where Tracy gets discovered by Corny. Um, There is there's this lull in energy in the, the entire number and they have to keep trading front of stage to show segregation oh boy so like you have to keep like rotating people in and out when you stage it unless you have a particular stage setup oh, so wow. i don't know how to f- I, I don't know how to fix it it's a slow part in the show sure um and it's awkward to stage and it's really really hard so yeah. if there was something i would take a look at it would be that and i'd add more penny because i love it i love that i i agree with well especially besides since, besides adding more meat to the script of yes course, so. yes uh didn't it, am i correct in saying that your billings bestie played penny when you guys did that at your correct yay yeah. good okay well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Penny's just, I mean... Shout out to Tiffany. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I love that. But yeah, anything that... Can you think of anything that you, like, dislike that much? Truly? I, I mean, I can't. Like, I, I mean, I, I think what I need what I need to do is I, um, our resident mute music man over here is uh, telling me that he's going to show me the source material. And then I think I need to um, go on Broadway HD and I need to see if I can find Hairspray because then I need to actually watch. Like, I need to watch it because, like, I'm... I have a feeling that I'm not I'm not going to do this justice just relying on the film version because like I'm sure there are a lot of things that did translate but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you know it's not something that you know of course in film like you are cutting for time like you just have to you have to fit it within totally. a certain thing Pacing, and yeah absolutely so I think that um, I'm going to put a pin in that I'm also going to put it on our list for things um, so that when we do our mini episode by that time I for will show notes mini for yeah. show notes mini so I will make sure to uh, talk about that
on Hairspray. Uh, final thoughts. I think that um, this show is one that I will always go back to because it is a feel good show for me. It is something that makes me um, it it truly um, is when I think of musical theater, I think of this show because it's big, it's loud, it's colorful, it's it's cathartic, it's um, it's timeless. It really is like it just makes me it makes me um, long for it makes me long for the days of dance rehearsals when we would be in it for four or five hours just sweating and like out of breath but it's um, it, it's just so alive and it's it, it makes me feel alive and so I, I love um, when I'm in a low point I watch it to feel alive so this is a totally this is a one for me uh, yeah. in my heart same same. Uh, like I said, I saw this 11 times in the theater just because it made me feel so good. Absolutely. And I think we need theater like that. Not everything needs to be a moral pounded over your head. This show happens to give you it all. And yeah. uh, it's good. The music's amazing and uh, dancing spectacular. And I've seen good and bad been part of bad stage versions of this. And we'll, we'll delve into that uh, in next week's mini so show notes. So, hey, uh, so it'll be fun. I'm just going to call this Steven Spills the Tea. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay. Here Steven we go. Spil- wow, but still Mary can't spell the word spills the tea. Uh, well, and one last question. As Link Larkin, what was your favorite song to sing that you'd always go out on stage and just get the butterflies and be like, this is my, this is my moment. This oh is my jam. God. Um, I mean, It Takes Two is, of course, like, it's my moment. It's my solo. Right. Um, so I have to embody and project. And it was fun pretending I was on some 1960s dance show being seen by, you know, <laughs> tens of thousands of people I on a local television station. I love it. Um, but I was actually always more nervous for You Can't Stop the Beat. Really? Um, just because it is... it is Everyone, that song is so hard. Oh, no. The song is so oh, hard no. to sing. Because, like, you are moving, you are dancing, and, like, you're trying to harmonize, and on top of it, like, there's no place to breathe. You yep. can't... There's, there's nowhere to breathe. Yep. And I... Oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it in minisode. It's, yeah, it's the minisode. Fine. I want to hear about the the <laughs> the your uh, the um, your lead who could not sustain breath, who oh was a classically gosh. trained. I, okay, yes. Here's the thing. I love I love her. So it's it's hard to be like, oh my gosh. But she knows. She knows too. Yep. And it's fine. Yep. And so we're gonna. I, and I want you to spill the tea. And it's gonna be a great time. I'm excited for it. I have fun. it marked down. I have it marked down. Well, guys, thank you so much again for joining us for this beautiful little thing that we do together. Uh, Thank you to Steven for taking time all these, you know, miles away to, you know, sit here and talk with me about all these beautiful nerdy things. Oh, my gosh, of course. (laughs) This is so great. Um, Oh, my gosh, let's do it again soon, though. Can we please? Because, like, let's just um, we'll do, uh, you know, we'll have our little our little show notes, our little catch up. And then um, do we want to tell people the next one that we're doing or are we leaving as a mystery? Okay, I we're going to do I think this is how we should do it. So we'll have our show notes. Yes. Yes. And then at the end of that is when we'll (gasps) tease and spoil. Yay. But here's all I'll I'll tease the tease. (gasps) I hate the next show we're going to (gasps) do. I detest it. (gasps) And what was (gasps) What was I saying, Mary? Oh, if you (laughs) held a gun to my head 
with two Broadway tickets in your hand. And we're like, to this you show. can take this bullet yes. or you can take these tickets. I might take the bullet. What a hot thought. I'm so ready. Not to bring up suicide again. And it's not really suicide. No, it's not. Homicide. But yeah. Choi- yes. Choiceful, choiceful homicide. Cho- <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is beautiful. And that a choiceful anyway. homicide. That's a hashtag. No, it's not. But anyway, whatever. It's fine. That's, that's your, that's your spoiler to the spoiler. That's the so. spoiler to the spoiler. Well, thank you guys so much again for joining us. Um, thank you to Steven. Uh, thank you to our resident mute music man over here, Tyler, who's doing all of our favorite things. Um, make sure that you tune in next time for another episode of From, From the, the Top, a wandering unicorn production. I thought I was about to pee myself. I have to go.